Did you know that you're weird? You're wonderfully weird. Join us for the next few minutes as Drake Hunter, senior pastor at Elevating Life Church in Fort Morgan, Colorado, and author of the upcoming book, Wonderfully Weird, helps us to understand how to live that wonderfully weird life to the fullest every single moment of every day. I'm your host, John Waters. Now, Wonderfully Weird Living with pastor and author, Drake Hunter. Welcome back once again to the Wonderfully Weird Living podcast. I'm your host, John Waters. Joining me, as always, uh, Pastor Drake Hunter. Good morning. Uh, Good morning, and hello. It's always good to be here. Well, and you're uh, uh, getting ready to uh, head east. I'm going east. That's that's right. I'm going to Chicago right after this um, episode here. And uh, I'm going to be connecting with some leaders and also connecting with some folks uh, regarding my, my new book and marketing. And so pretty excited to kind of with that gap that it's going to take to get there. And then, of course, when I get there, it'll be uh, pretty, uh, pretty, um, I'm going to say we're going to we're going to celebrate the leadership summit. Actually, what I'm doing in Chicago mm-hmm. that we uh, that we conducted or had, uh, I should say, a couple of weeks ago. Right. And then you you mentioned uh, meeting with the the. Uh, company that is marketing the book and putting it out and of course that book wonderfully weird is the impetus behind this podcast and uh, looking forward to that uh, coming out this fall this fall and i'm looking forward to this marketing meeting i'm having this afternoon uh with the team uh it's it's going to be interesting on a national level i've been part of uh, a smaller type of conversation but uh so curious uh and excited at the same time when it comes to what that's going to look like in the sense of putting a marketing plan together to really get this uh out there and and to to get uh, the message and and the cause if you will of jesus out there Learning and growing intentionally. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> what a unique idea. Well, uh, before uh, you head to Chicago, we want to uh, take some time here this morning to uh, revisit the message from Sunday, uh, Magic Man, the song by heart. Uh, I enjoyed uh, uh, Jesse and I and Dawson getting to play that song Sunday morning. Heart's always been one of my favorite bands, so I appreciate that opportunity. Yes, and when I I, I stand up right after the song, of course, and get into the message, but when I looked out there, the the shock and awe, if you will, in the sense of how well it was done, and also, of course, probably trying to, you know, uh, kind of assess the whole thing going are we really singing this song in church yes we are we're here we're doing it and let's go forward and so yeah you guys knocked it out of the park on sunday with that uh, particular song you know i shared with you on sunday i'm not really a heart fan in studying all of their music for this uh, message and everything and and going i'm like why why wasn't a bigger fan because man do they get some great songs out there absolutely (laughs) yeah always one of my favorite bands so uh, i appreciated it very much well of course the uh, message magic man uh using that song as the uh uh to set the theme if you will yes um and then you launched into uh john 14 6 which is a very very famous uh well-known verse yes you know i am the way the truth and the life uh most christians can even recite it quote it and uh even claim to live by it and so 
very familiar, which is always nice with the message because when you're familiar with something, your audience is, of course, it's easier to kind of dive off of that diving board and, and truly get into the message. But uh, I think it's, uh, as I, I let in on Sunday, very important to understand the way to, the way is the mode of which we are to live. Uh, that and of course I think I used the word uh, what did I use on on Sunday uh, the the system the mode the method method and and so uh, and then of course the truth and what is that reality mm-hmm. boy you know what if there's one thing that's difficult for me and I don't know for you, for you John but it's difficult in my character to sometimes face and see reality and of course that truth uh, and what that is, is of course, Jesus, when it comes to our life, is our reality the same as Jesus, the same cause, the same, you know, going after. And of course, we have the life, which is our experience. And I've heard many people share that. Well, you know, put experience aside. You can't. No. Uh, a lot of criticism about experiencing God. No, you have to experience life. Every moment we have is an experience. The challenge is making sure that all of those those experiences meet the requirement, if you will, in the sense of I am the way, the truth, and the life. And once we understand that, my goodness, it all comes together and we truly live in that serenity uh, through Christ. Absolutely. Well, uh, you use the theme magic man. And um, so let's start off by uh, give us an example of, of someone that you consider to be a magic man. And, and maybe a better way to, to preface this is Jesus is the perfect magic yes. man, which you're going to talk about a little bit later on. But uh, there's also imperfect magic men and you talked about one on sunday morning that i thought was just fascinating yes uh for that person for me that imperfect magic man if you will was walt disney and uh, my background of course i was born in anaheim california and i was so fortunate as a as a young uh my goodness i was an infant uh when i i began that journey with disneyland of course uh, and every night on our balcony in the apartment we lived in. We didn't have much, but the one thing we, we uh, were able to do was go out on the balcony at nine o'clock in the summer every night and live in the reality of Disneyland. And of course, as I grew, uh, that Magic Kingdom and of course, Walt Disney's work uh, really fascinated me. And why wouldn't it be as a young child where mm-hmm. my parents were uh, you know, we were dysfunctional in that sense. And so here's this, uh, the the gentleman, Walt Disney, where his influence were just, I mean, literally two blocks from me. And through that, uh, with uh, relatives and people working at Disney, uh, I turned to Walt Disney. And through that influence, he really taught me uh, what it means to dream big, uh, what it means to use your imagination, and how to work hard uh, just through that informal relationship I had those three little areas right there uh, influenced my whole life uh, especially as a young child uh, and and for me I didn't grow up in the church I'd, I never heard about Jesus never experienced church until I was an adult so uh, that was my experience in it but I was drawn to those uh, those traits which if we truly understand the perfect magic man that's where uh, the true reality sits, boy, uh, you can see why a young boy or a young person would be drawn to that type of person. 
Well, because it is a mirror, if you will, yes. of Jesus, only an imperfect uh, reflection. But as you were talking about Walt Disney there, I was looking back at John fourteen six, mm-hmm. the way, the truth, and the life. And of course, that's Jesus. However, you still had with Walt Disney, the method, the reality, and the right. experience. That, that's right. In, in the sense of the temporary, and that temporary could be just our life, because that that verse continues, doesn't it? No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. So, uh, so you can still experience snapshots or that temporary trait of Jesus or whatever in human beings because we're all created in the image of God, aren't we? Right. Exactly. And, and so, yes. Yeah, so, as a young child, you don't know this. Uh, I know this. God had my back until the point of accountability. So, with that, uh, I was being developed through perhaps classical conditioning and also through reading and some formal. Uh, learning but yeah uh, that's just the way life is and then of course you have to learn discernment and everything that goes with that but yes what a tremendous uh, a man what a tremendous legacy that he leaves at this point and uh, I continue to be fascinated and uh, I'm just influenced even by some of his his now I say hey, of course we all know Walt Disney has passed and now his business practices and influence uh, if you really look at them, you can see that the, the mode or the method that he's using, whatever that that conversation is about Christian, about Walt Disney, uh, it's eternal in the sense of its design. And so why wouldn't you be drawn to that? And mm-hmm. so with that, uh, I can bring those divine modes, if you way, uh, and and live them out and still be successful. But again, we always come back to that. Oh, nobody goes or to heaven except through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so uh, how important is that when you become you? The reality is you're not temporary. You're eternal. And when that reality hits you, you got to you got to turn to a different source, if you will. Uh, otherwise, you'll miss the or miss the mark or uh, that goal will be, uh, well, fantasy. Like, like Disneyland. <laughs> well, and as as you mentioned on Sunday, and, and we've already mentioned here during this uh, recording, uh, Jesus is the perfect magic man. Yes. Now, just to eliminate confusion uh, for people who maybe don't know Jesus yet, and they go, oh, it's, it's just a bunch of magic, uh, you're using that word in a whole different context. Absolutely. When I refer to magic, of course, I'm not referring to some person on stage in Las Vegas or smoke and mirrors mirrors. I'm referring to as I shared on Sunday uh, the truth the goodness which we speak of often uh, the beauty and the harmony that Jesus brings that's the recipe isn't it brings to the completeness of, of our faith which once we step into that faith and properly commit and, and engage in it, be that disciple of Christ, then life becomes truly magical, if I can use that term, in the sense of peace and serenity in a way that most people uh, will never realize in their own life. Well, and that's, that's really the thing, isn't it? Experiencing that magic of being a Christ follower that you don't even realize exists until you're there. Right, and, and here's the biggest challenge. As you and I know, we, we preach, we give these lessons, uh, but it's not until somebody by faith steps into it and actually, uh, actually does it. Because once you 
do it, then you realize it. Otherwise, you're a bystander going, ah, it's not really happening for me. Well, that's because you've never really stepped into it. And you have to trust. And as we share around our parts at Elevating Life Church, it's a careless trust. You see, the one thing I love about my relationship with God and, and, and the perfect magic man is that 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 relationship in the sense of trust is careless. I have to care less now about the trust I have for God because he has my back. And so uh, we have to step into that. We have to do it. We might not understand it. And of course, once we get into that lesson and apply it, then we realize the reality of that that truth. So now we get the mode and the truth, the reality, and then it becomes our experience. Jesus is the way, truth, and life. Uh, and so, and it's through those divine uh, principles that the plan, God's will, that has been in place since the beginning of time. Now we talk about uh, stepping into it and and living out that magic uh, that comes with Christ. What is it then for believers, mm-hmm. Christ followers, that can actually take the magic out of that experience? And what I'm thinking of is is the difference between, I guess, doing it Christ's way and and doing it my way. As Frank Sinatra said. (laughs) That's a good, I like that. You know, what's coming to my mind, and we had this conversation a little bit before we went on air, is, you know, what's the difference? It's really being a follower of Christ. Now we're speaking in the context of believers, right? It's being a follower of Christ versus being a disciple of Christ. And uh, a way to think about this is perhaps in our own social media world, I think of Facebook. I know that might be a little archaic for some, <laughs> uh, but for, for this uh, 50-year-old something, I'm still on Facebook. But, uh, you know, I, I have followers on my Facebook. My wife this morning, I asked her, how many followers do you have on Facebook? And she said, oh, about 800. I said, well, there's the difference between uh, a follower and a disciple, because then I asked her, I said, well, how many people are committed and are engaged and are engulfed in who you are in that intimate, personal relationship. And you should have saw her face this morning during our devotion. She's like, <laughs> well, really, uh, you can be a believer. Uh, you can even be a follower. But Jesus says, follow me. But once you step into that, uh, that's where you're going to experience that that true sense of deep relationship with Christ, but you have to do something. You've got to learn uh, his promises, and then you also have to learn his work via, let's say, the commands of Christ or the gospels. Because once you're in it and you're going in that direction, oh, there is no better relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And and then that leads into uh, don't worry, just believe. Right, right. Don't be afraid. Yeah, and most people are so uh, freaked out, if I can put it that way, to step into it. And and we get it because people are conditioned. Uh, the problem with that is they're trusting the imperfect magic man, which if they do that completely, you're going to be uh, hurt. You're going to feel some pains. Uh, or in my case, it was very informal. I never met Walt Disney. He was in a sense then a very informal relationship for me, even though I can pick up on his lessons and everything. It never became personal right and jesus is that personal relationship that we're seeking with god and of course the imperfect now relationship comes with with your neighbor 
And I, I would say in the sense of I have some informal neighbors that uh, are my heroes in life. Walt Disney's one of them. And I can think of uh, people in in uh, the faith like Timothy Keller and, uh, you know, uh, Doug Cloud. Oh, Doug. He's going to. Henry Cloud. Henry Cloud. Hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For some reason, I got Doug. That's twice I said that today. Thinking of our ministry director. Uh, yeah. And so I, you have the informal. But then I have direct relationships with a um, with dr ray lincoln who is face-to-face good friend of mine and my mentor he's my neighbor but he's closer to to that that uh let me say that experience in the sense of fully with christ so i'm going to follow him as close as i can and he's going to lead me along we do that with uh, each other we do that with pastors we've got to find those imperfect human being our neighbor but never ever forget our primary relationship is with God. And of course, that's through Jesus Christ. And when we do that properly, uh, both our relationship with God and that human being or, or that neighbor becomes complete. And that's the picture that we need in our faith, completeness, integrity. And discerning, of course, with that incomplete uh, neighbor, are, who are they leading you to, themselves or to Christ? <laughs> now, you say discerning, that, uh, that word always, there's some people I can spend two minutes with, but not three minutes worth. <laughs> are you with me on that? Yep. Because, you know, they're, they're not helping, they're not adding value. Well, that's where your discernment comes in. Uh, and, and you just, you, you're, you're very, you observe those things, you discern those things, and then you make a choice. And of course, if we think that God meant, well, get close to every human being on earth, well, that's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I can't love them, every one of them. I don't care who they are, but because of their track record, their character, uh, based on perhaps even their skill set or whatever, you know, I've got to be discerning with that. And who is going to add value to my life that's closer to that relationship with Jesus so that they can uh, bring me, if you will, along in that relationship and yes discernment is key and and of course when you go through the gospels uh that command that says judge not that literally means make sure you listen to the whole story then make a decision be discerning and then don't cast your pearls to those you know those piggies out there and be discreet make the right choice and then come back and then you live in that and that choice will affect your soul one way or the other but when you are living there, it's right in the sense that we're living our life right. It's going to be awesome. It's, it's guaranteed. It's promised. Absolutely. Now, Drake, um, you mentioned on Sunday morning three different major themes uh, that are in mm-hmm. the, the teachings of Jesus. And, of course, you focused on one because, and I hadn't really thought about this before, you mentioned on Sunday, we hear about the other two a lot that's we right. just don't always hear about the third one. And so what are those themes? And then uh, we'll go the direction of that third one. Yeah, those th- themes, or we can even say lessons, because Jesus teaches much on how to live. However, when it comes down to it, and you put all those details together, and, and you can really step back, you can see three major lessons or themes uh, being emphasized and taught over and over and over again. The first is, of course, is love God and one another. We see that in the great commandment. And then the second one is holiness. Be holy as I'm holy. And that's exactly what my whole point is with Wonderfully Weird in my new book, Wonderfully Weird Living. Uh, that whole point is holy living. However, it's that third theme that we hear about, but 
Are we willing to step into it? That is being obedient at all cost. Now, that is something uh, that uh, we're going after at Elevating Life Church going, do we realize what everything means at all cost? Uh, and, and, of course, uh, I led into a, a, an experience in the Bible with that on Sunday. Right, with the rich man uh, who said to, to Jesus, what do I have to do to gain eternal life? And, and Jesus was very uh, blunt with him. Yes, uh, yeah, blunt and uh, direct and, and uh, without apology. And challenged everything in, yes. in one short sentence, actually challenged everything that this rich young man had always right. believed in. Now, on Sunday, of course, I paralleled the rich person, and I, I kind of did this with a sense of humor. But uh, my first comment was, you know, there's, there's this experience uh, regarding a spoiled rich person, and I said Americans. Right. And, and, and I mean, really, we are truly spoiled in America. Mm -hmm. uh, whatever class you are, there's, I mean, so, some exceptions, of course. But we're, we're, we're spoiled. But in the same situation, here comes that rich, spoiled person up to Jesus. Now, I didn't say this on Sunday, but I wish I had. Notice this. Jesus didn't chase, chase the rich people. Right. They came to him. Mm -hmm. And boy, you know how often the spoiled person, if you will, is always saying, well, if you want me, come and get me. Well, that's not Jesus' way. I promise you. But uh, we come back to this experience where this rich person goes to Jesus. And then, of course, we know this story because he asked the question, what must I do? And I said, to receive this magical life, this eternal life now and for forever. Mm -hmm. And, of course, most people can answer this, knows it without even thinking about it. We know the answer is... Sell everything and give it to the poor. Sell everything. And, of course, knowing that and understanding what that is, it's two different things. Right. And so, of course, we can imagine the rich person, the spoiled person, hmm. And, of course, his response was, yeah, that's too much of a cost for that obedience. But we got to come back around. What exactly did Jesus mean by sell everything and give it to the poor? Because this is often misinterpreted, too. And so hopefully that came across on Sunday because we know this just to sit down and think about it, John, where uh, you've heard this preach or we've heard it taught that, well, sell all your material goods and then go ahead and give it to the poor. Go ahead and give it to the mission or whatever. Uh, give it to the guy on, on the corner there. That's not what Jesus is communicating, especially if you know the commands of Jesus, because we know this, the very first command that Jesus taught his disciples, and I did share this on Sunday, uh, comes directly out of Matthew 5. And do you recall what, what that is? Blessed? Right. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. Yes. And of course, when Jesus says, sell everything you have, and give it to the poor. Mm -hmm. He's referring to this movement that his ministry is now putting in place to truly make sure that this cause, this movement of uh, the way, if you will, is going to be established. And of course, if you understood, understand the church uh, in Acts uh, chapter 1, 2, the whole book, you, you'll see they, they sold everything to make 
Christianity what it is today in the sense of now being worldwide and billions of people are hearing the message. But that message is the same today. And I think, you know, we're, we struggle quite often, but the cry isn't give me your money. The cry is, listen, if you're going to be a disciple rather than even a follower, you need to give it all. Right. Now, when you think about that, of course, all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength. Well, part of our strength in the, in the, uh, on the surface is our material goods, our resources to, to really help a cause. Because you think of the average Christians today, how many causes are they helping? Well, first and foremost, their own cause. Mm-hmm. But then how many different causes throughout America? Now, I was vice president for the American Heart Association for a while. And I was amazed when I went to these uh, galas, if you will. And, and I was a fundraiser, a fancy one. That's why they gave me the vice president title. And they would be writing $250,000 checks without even thinking about it some of these folks. And I was like, oh my goodness, actually one of the reasons why I came back to ministry was, well, if we can give to partial life, and I believe in the American Heart Association's cause, but it's temporary because we're only adding a couple of life, we need more Christians to step into exactly what Jesus said, into the faith, give it all, be obedient to that, and then give to the poor so that we can, the poor in spirit, so that we can truly expand this this movement that we're responsible for in our day and age but not only now but for the next four generations as the bible puts it so maybe a better way to put it uh, or a way to help me understand is is to be sold out sold out 100 percent and and i mean sold out means to think like christ uh to make sure that you you're uh, of course follow me we know meekness follows. That means to have strength under control and get focused. Because once sure. you're sold out, get focused. And that this doesn't mean that you're going to go be a pastor or perhaps full-time minister. Uh, what we're talking about is right here where we can begin the movement here in Morgan County uh, or wherever you might be and step into it and be sold out no matter what uh, your prior or uh, priority in the sense of life relationship just make sure all your relationships are pointing towards your faith and that movement of christ so continually checking your motives yes and priorities Mm -hmm. Uh, because oftentimes through guilt and shame and and uh, perhaps even some of those things that we might be after like wealth we don't realize it but what happens is we have so many different priorities and I guarantee it, the one that's going to sacrifice more than anything when it comes to those type of people are those that realize that, well, the church pastor will forgive us, and we will. We'll reconcile. We'll begin building trust. But, but that's, the, that's the problem. God doesn't want to pressure you. He doesn't want to guilt you. He doesn't want to shame you. He wants you to step into it and give cheerfully where you are truly, truly being the, the voice the hands, the feet of Jesus Christ. And then you become the extension of the way, if you will. Giving of your time and your talents and your gifts, your abilities and your resources. Yes. And and of course, uh, you know, it doesn't take a, a, a rocket science to see this. There's many great causes out there and they've got a lot of money, mm-hmm. resources, and and for good reason. And again, I give secondary to those sources. Uh, I give to the Wounded Warrior. I give to American Heart. But my primary focus is 
the cause of Christ. And of course, we do that through the local church in the sense of that's where our commitment, our relationship uh, is, is centered on because that's where God has us. And then from there, uh, then we give, and our church should be given, uh, as you know, our church gives 10% of our income. We give it back to the community in one way or the other. That generosity is not only taken into fellowship, but we distribute it because we believe in this principle ourselves as a church. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's, it's never about money. And some people are listening, they're going to be uncomfortable with this. But at the same time, when you're fully committed, rich person, sell everything and give to the poor. I didn't write the scripture. It's black and white in there. <laughs> <laughs> True. Well, we're, uh, again, rapidly running out of yes. time, Drake. So uh, before we do, we want to give these uh, these three uh, questions for folks who specifically are in our life groups, but anybody who may be listening to this podcast, um, some direction and some, some things to think about um, after listening to this podcast. And number one, um, in your life, who has been that imperfect magic man, as Walt Disney was for you, yes. to help you reach your dreams? And then share how that person influenced you to turn your dreams into reality. And let me just say that that imperfect man for me because I didn't have a, fa- a father figure at that time. It could be your, it could be very direct in the sense it could be your dad. It could sure. be, and it could even. This is a magic person, if you will, human being. So th- it doesn't have to be somebody that's uh, that informal. It could be either or. Right. Okay. Number two, have you made the decision to give everything to the cause or the movement of Christ and completely follow him and then share what actions you've taken to give evidence towards your faith? In other words, how is it bearing fruit? Yeah, that's right. Uh, is, is the fruits that we experience in Galatians and other places in the Bible, is that, uh, is that uh, who you are? Are you self-control, love, peace, everything that we know? And thirdly, what self-priorities must you sell off to be a fully committed and engaged follower of Jesus Christ? The way I think of it is, uh, in what ways do I need to move myself out of the way? Yes, yes. Uh, Self-centeredness. That is the sin, isn't it? Conversion. uh, You know, we turn towards God, but the first aspect is repent. What are you repenting of? Self-centeredness. Get out of self. Deny self is the whole point of, of the narrative of the rich man, deny self and then completely be sold out. I love that word you're using. Uh, give it all. Give it all. Be obedient at all costs. Find those imperfect people. Church is a good place to start. It's imperfect, but uh, find that church that's that's got your back no matter what. And so with that, uh, uh, we, um, yeah, uh, oh, the self the, the self will take care of itself because no longer self-centeredness. It's self-understanding through how God made you to be and your purpose. To use one of the scriptures you used on Sunday, and we'll finish up with this, the formal portion, but Mark eight thirty four, where Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple, not just a follower, right. but my disciple, must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Be obedient. Be obedient. That's the whole lesson, isn't it? That third piece. And uh, I'll let you have the last word, but let me say this, is that we understand the love aspect. We understand the holiness. But if you want that completeness, that integrity and faith, all three must be in place so that you can live that experience that Jesus 
uh, referred to, he lived out, and that other people have lived out themselves. And it's there's no there's no better place. It's the best life ever, guaranteed. But until you do it, how do you know? Well, Drake, uh, enjoy your time in Chicago, connecting with the folks there. Good luck with uh, the uh, marketing efforts with the book, and uh, we look forward to seeing you when you get back. Thank you much. All right. You've been listening to Wonderfully Weird Living, the uh, weekly podcast with Pastor Drake Hunter, pastor and author, and myself, your host, John Waters. Thanks for listening in. And be sure, uh, if you have any questions or comments for us, email us, wonderfullyweirdliving at gmail.com. And please also share this podcast with others. Uh, Let them know what's going on, too, so that uh, they can be blessed and, and maybe challenged through this weekly podcast. All right, for Pastor Drake Hunter, I'm John Waters. We'll see you next week. Find out more about your uniqueness when you get your own copy of Drake's book, Wonderfully Weird, available in the fall of 2019. And please email us with your questions or comments at wonderfullyweirdliving at gmail.com. Join us again next time as we continue to explore Wonderfully Weird Living. I'm John Waters. Thank you for joining us.